good, isn't he? Amen. God's good. Heard a statement said, God's good. He never changes. He don't feel bad. He's still God. No matter what you're going through, no matter what's going on, he's still God. And uh, John chapter number 2, John chapter number 2, we're going to jump right into this text here in John chapter 2. He's had the first Passover of Jesus. He's went inside the temple. They were selling and making money and uh, inside the temple of God. There are some things that ought not ever be done inside the temple of God. Uh, this was one of them. They were doing buying and selling for profit of the of the priest of the men that were in the church, and uh, Jesus kicked over their tables and and uh, told them to get the auction and the and the and the animals out of there, and uh, they got out of there. And so now uh, here's the questioning that takes place. The questioning. They they come to Jesus. They have some questions. What's going on? Why? Why? Who gave you the power to do this? Who gave you, who gave you this to uh, to be able to do this? Uh, to come in this temple and to tell us what to do? Who gave you this power? And uh, so Jesus tells them who gave him that power. And uh, we'll talk about the questioning that takes place this morning. And uh, again. Uh, John chapter 2, let's all stand if you can and we'll read together in verse number 18. In verse number 18. The Bible says, uh, Then answered the Jews and said unto him, What sign showest thou unto us, seeing that thou doest these things? The Jews look at Jesus and say, What are you doing? You have just went in there and removed everybody from the temple. Uh, you got rid of the money changers. You got rid of you got rid of all this stuff. What are you doing? Why would you do this thing? And Jesus answered and said unto him, Destroy this temple, and in three days I will raise it up. Then said the Jews, Forty and six years how was this temple in building. <coughs> Wilt thou rear it up in three days? But he spoke of the temple. Of his body when therefore he was risen from the dead his disciples remembered that he had said this unto them and they believed the scripture and the word which Jesus said now I think about this and I look at this text and if we finish there it would be a good text man these guys believed God's word they believed what Jesus told them they believed it but watch what Jesus says in verse number 23 or watch what takes place. In verse number 23, Now when he was in Jerusalem at the Passover and the feast of the day, the feast of days, many believed in his name. Many believed in his name. Many believed in Jesus Christ. See, there's a lot of people who will say, Lord, Lord, and never enter into heaven. You say, what do you mean by that? Watch what he says here. Believed in his name when they said that when they saw the miracles which he did. But Jesus did not commit himself unto them because he knew all men, watch, and needed not that any should testify of man, for he knew what was in man. See, what took place was is these people that were there, they believed, but they didn't really believe like 
Christ wanted them to. <coughs> they said they believed, but they never truly believed, as he said in verse number 25, for he knew what was in man. That's a scary thought, to be honest with you. He knows what you're thinking right now. He knows what your intentions are, where you're going, what are you headed. He knows those thoughts. The Bible says he knows the thoughts and the intents of the heart. Let's pray, and then we'll get started. Lord, I come to you this morning. I ask right now that your Holy Spirit of God give me the words to say, Lord, I pray that there would be a holy hush around this place. Lord, please, take anything out of my mind that doesn't need to be said this morning. Lord, I thank you. Thank you for saving me. Thank you for washing me in the precious blood of the Lamb. Lord, I ask more than anything this morning, Move me out of the way of the cross. Help me this morning. We thank you. We praise you. In the name which is above every name we pray, Jesus, name we pray, amen. And amen. You may be seated. You may be seated. Psalm, just as a way of introduction in verse number 18, Verse number 18, let's jump right into that text. Here's the proof. He comes to prove to them, or they come to him and say, what's the proof? What's the proof that you are who you say you are? What's the proof to you to have you come into our temple and, and the power to kick over our tables and the power to get rid of our animals? And what's, what has given you that power? Well, I'm, I'm here to tell you what, what it was that gave him that power. And who it was that gave him that power. Because Jesus goes on to say something that does give him the power. In verse number 19, he begins to prophesy. He begins to tell of the events that are to come. And you say, how does he tell them that he has the power to do what he just did? In verse number 19, he said, destroy this temple. This temple. <coughs> many people want to many people mis, misunderstand this verse and they think that it's the temple that, that, that was standing there, the temple that he went in and kicked them out of, as the Jews did. They did not understand. And in three days I will rise it up. See, Jesus was speaking to them and telling them that you are going to destroy this temple one day. You will destroy this temple, but I will. I will raise up again in three days. So you may, you may destroy me, but I'm coming back in three days. Hey, in just, a, a, what, five or six weeks, we will celebrate Easter. The day for every Christian when Jesus rolled back the stone and come up out of that grave. Do you know what Jesus was telling them? The reason I have the power and the reason I went into their, that temple was because as I said, I will die, but I'm not done. I will die, but I'm not finished. I will die, but I will come out of that grave. Jesus said, you want to know the proof? You want to know, you want to know why? Because I am God. And I will rise again. You go 
<laughs> you go to every other god in this world, uh, their, their tombs are full, and every other person in this room, uh, that ha or every person that has passed, their tomb is still full. But if you go to the tomb of Jesus Christ, it is empty to this day. Look, there He is. He is not here, for He is risen as He said. Jesus looks at those men. He said, you don't even know. He, you don't even know who you're talking to because you will kill me, but I will rise again. They said, what's your proof? I'll tell you my proof. I am that I am. Man, what proof? What proof? What proof? What does it say in 2 Corinthians? That our faith is in vain had he not risen from the dead. You understand that if Christ had stayed in that tomb, you realize that if Christ would have stayed in that tomb, all would be in vain. Your salvation would not be secure. There would not be a my for sure home in heaven because I asked Christ to save me. That wouldn't have taken place because Christ would still be in the grave, but he did not stay in the grave. You say, well, how do you know? How do you know that he didn't stay in that grave? I want to tell you, if, if you take a bunch of criminals and you arrest a bunch of them, and you set them down, and you've got them all in different rooms, and you're interrogating them, do you know in just about five minutes, each and every one of those guys locked in a jail cell will begin to roll over on the other guy. He lied, he cheated, he's the one that did it. I confess, it wasn't me, it's him. Do you know how fast that would take place? In just a moment. But as the 12 or as the 11 disciples left that tomb that day, do you know that most of them, not all of them, but a lot of them were thrown into jail and a lot of them were killed and they never, and they never recanted the story they saw at the grave. You want to know proof? Those men died believing what they saw up from the grave. He arose with a mighty triumph over his foes. There is the proof. He arose. Those men never recanted. They never said, no, no, ah, it ain't true. I ain't dying for that. No one's going to die for a lie. Hmm? Proof. This is my proof. Jesus said, I've got the power to come in this temple. And I've got the power to tell you to get out of my temple because you're making it, as in another text, the Bible says, you're making it a den of thieves. And in this text, he told, he told him, you're making it a house of merchandise. And it ain't a house of merchandise. It's my father's house. So get out of here. So, that's just by way of introduction, all right? That's one time Jesus got mad, and it was all right for him to get mad because it was a justifiable anger. It's okay to get angry, you know that? The Bible says, be ye angry and sin not. It's okay to be angry. It's okay to hate sin, huh? It's okay to be mad at sin because it destroys lives and wrecks and ruins. I've seen... I've seen hundreds of people get messed up and hundreds of people keep running back to the keep running back to the sin and keep running back to the sin and it ruins their life. Hey, I can hate the sin and be angry at the sin is what the Bible says. Hey, be angry and sin not. Jesus was angry and sin not. <coughs> so we see in this text 
the, the, the questioning, the proof. Give us the proof. But I want you to look as we look at this three, uh, just a couple points. Number one is the ignorance of the question. You mean what is the ignorance of the question? <coughs> Do you know who you're asking? Do you realize what you're asking him? Do you realize who you're asking? Look in verse number 20. <clears throat> then said the Jews, I think it's ignorance in the part that they didn't understand what he was talking about. It's ignorance in the part that they didn't, they begin to mock him because of the questioning. They could have been in a place where they knew what he was talking about. They could have been in a place where it was just simply, uh-uh, this ain't, well, this ain't the truth. Look at verse number 20. He said, then the Jews said unto him, forty and six years was the temple in building. He said, look, it's taken, the Jews looked at Jesus, and they said, it's taken 46 years to get to where we're at with this temple. You couldn't build it up in three days. They didn't understand. They were ignorant in their questioning of Jesus Christ. Well, who do you think that you are? How are you going to rear it up in three days? But if you look, they misunderstood Christ. They were mocking him. They were making fun of him. But I think also they misunderstood. They didn't understand what was what was happening here. They didn't understand that Jesus wasn't talking about the, the physical temple. He wasn't talking about the temple in which they worship. He wasn't talking about the temple in which they sacrificed. He was talking about his own body. Look in verse number 21. But he spake of the temple of his, what? Of his body. Whose body was that? Jesus' body. He said, you just don't understand. You don't understand. It's my body I'm talking about. Now, I understand that John is giving us a commentary of what took place. Jesus didn't make that statement, but he knew and everyone else knew that he was talking about his body in which he was saying, and in three days I'll rise it up. Not only do we see the, the, the ignorance of the questioning, but I, the remembering, the remembering of the prophecy. Remembering of the prophecy, look in verse number 22. He said, when therefore he was risen from the dead. Now, John is jumping forward in the time because Jesus wasn't dead yet. Jesus hadn't died on the cross yet. Jesus was still living there, uh, working and miracles. And <coughs> John looks, John says, he said, when he therefore, when therefore he arisen from the dead, his disciples did what? His disciples remembered. what they remember? What did they remember? They remembered that he said unto them, he remembered what they said, what Jesus said unto them. What did Jesus say unto them? He said, you will destroy this temple and in three days I will rise it up. You say, what do you mean by this? We need to remember the prophecy. Remember the prophecy. You know what my job as a preacher is to prophesy. You say, you can prophesy? Yes, I can, because I can foretell what's coming up. And Revelation, I know in Sunday school you're going through the book of Revelation, it is prophecy, talking about what's to come. We can prophesy today of what's to come because of what that Bible says. And as a preacher, I need to prophesy, not what God's given me as far as a vision of what's going to take place, but the prophets of the Bible has given us multiple prophecies, prophesying that we can share, that I'm supposed to share. But I need to remember the prophecy. What's the prophecy? Well, I'm glad you asked. He said, and in three days I'll rise up. But then he also says multiple times, there's a day when the king is going to come. 
and the sky is going to split. And the Son of Man will step out on the clouds and he will call his church home. You say, I want to be a part of that church. Well, I'm going to tell you what it takes to be a part of that church. You need to bow your head and accept Christ as your personal Savior. That's what it takes. When he calls his children home, I want to be his children. I'm going to tell you what it takes. Bow your head and trust Christ as your personal Savior. That's what it takes. When he says, steps out on that cloud, the Bible says, the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout. A shout. Do you know why he's shouting? Because he is excited for the day when he gets to step out on that cloud. Think about it for over 2,000 years. He's been waiting. He's been, hey, hey, Dad, is it time for me to go yet? Hey, 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 Dad, you think it's about time for us to go get my children? You think it's about time for me to go get them? God says, wait a, wait a second, Jesus. It's not time. Wait a second. It's not your time yet. Give them a few more minutes. Give them a few more time. But the day will come when the prophecy will, for, will come true. And Jesus will step out on the cloud and call his children home. And I hope, and I hope to God there's not one person in this room that leaves out of here not being a child of God. It doesn't take anything other than bowing your head. Uh, Romans 10, verse 13. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. They remember the prophecy. I want to tell you this. You better remember the prophecy. But I will say this, then I'll move on to the next one. Don't let it be too late. Because there will be a day you're sitting in this service this morning and you're hearing the preacher preach and you're hearing the gospel given when that trumpet blows and after that trumpet goes you will not have a chance to get things right after it blows you say well I thought he was gonna have the gospel the gospel will be preached but if you've already heard the gospel the Bible says that you will believe the delusion or the lie of the devil and you won't be able to get saved because you've heard the truth He's coming, and the prophecy is true. Well, I don't believe it. Well, just hang on. It'll come. You don't believe it? It'll come true. Everything else in the Bible has come true. Every other prophecy that's ever been given is, has been fulfilled. He's coming. Hey, the king is coming, and I don't mean Elvis, all right? He's coming. He's coming. But... It takes faith to believe what God says. Faith, trusting, even when you don't understand. Because when those disciples were standing there and they heard those words said, they didn't know what he was talking about. They didn't completely understand, but they had faith in believing what Jesus had said. Some of God's ways and the word of God is knowledge, or the word is knowledge. It is, it is a product of following Christ. If you will follow Christ, sometimes faith, builds faith you've seen one good thing happen you've seen God do a work that faith then creates more faith and your faith begins to grow and so Jesus makes a statement and their faith began to grow that Jesus said hey 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 he's he's dead and I but I'm coming back so we see this morning the ignorance in their questions the remembering of the prophecy and then lastly what happens after the questions? 
What's after? After the questions. Look in verse number 23. They're done. They've questioned him. He's done. Now, when he was in Jerusalem at the Passover in the feast days, feast day, many believed in his name when they saw miracles which he did. Many believed. What did they believe? They believed something that they saw. Verse 23, they saw miracles. Many believed. Verse number 24, but Jesus did not commit himself unto them. Why do you think for just a moment that Jesus would not commit to them because they believed? Didn't they believe? Didn't they trust in him? Didn't they believe that what they saw? But what took place was is they saw it and they believed that this was taking place, but they did not believe that Jesus was the answer for salvation. They did not believe that he was the way and the truth and the life. He did, they did not believe that. So they saw and they believed, but they did not truly believe you, uh, or put their trust in Christ for salvation. And you, you say, what do you mean by that? The Bible says that in the devils believe and tremble. See, just because you have a belief of God or a belief of God doesn't mean a hill of beans. Just because you know about him and just because you, ah, sure, I believe in God, it doesn't mean anything. Because when Jesus said, Jesus didn't commit to them. Jesus didn't, hey, come on, come on, come on, follow me. He didn't tell them to follow me because he knew in their heart who they were. See, just because you've seen something take place doesn't mean that you truly believe. I'm going to say this, and I believe this. There are many people in church today, <coughs> and there are many, Christ, many people who are members of churches that won't go to heaven. You say, you think that? I believe that with 100%. Because they have never believed truly in Christ. Because there has to be a time in your life when you say, it is not me, and it is him. And if you've never done that, if you've never took your faith, I believe in God, I, that's great, but if you've never taken that faith and put your faith in Christ for the, need, for the answer of your salvation, then guess what? You're going to be standing over here believing, just like everyone else, and not getting to go to heaven. Because that believing, just believing that he's there in existence is, is different than just putting your faith and belief in him. It's different. You say, what do you mean? It's different. Just like that verse, Romans 10, 13 says, for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. But there's been hundreds of people that say, oh, all right, Lord, all right, save me. You know, and they've not been saved. Do you know why? Because they just said it. They just said it. All right, the preacher, all right. Uh, you know, I've, I've heard it. I've seen it. Kid, a bunch of kids will get saved. And they'll come to the front and, and they get saved and, and, uh, or whatever. And a lot of times it's because, well, why did you come down here? Well, I come down here because my buddy was coming. And they have no idea what's going on. No idea what's going on. Because they've not truly believed. And I'll ask you a question. Have you truly believed? Where you said, Jesus, I believe in Jesus, but now I'm going to believe that he can save me. 
Because there has to be that day when you say, nope, my good works ain't getting me there. Nope, my baptism's not getting me there. Nope, that's not getting me there. It is Jesus. Well, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm old or I'm young or whatever it is. It doesn't matter. If you've never asked Christ to, hey, I'm believing in you for salvation. If you've never done that, are you going to go to heaven? That if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and shalt believe in thine heart, thou hast raised him from the dead. Thou shalt be saved. It's just like this. I tell people all the time that I witness to. I remember as a kid growing up, me and my brother would fight. Can you imagine that? We would fight, and we'd get in trouble, and a lot of times we were told to tell each other we're what? Sorry. Do you know how many times I meant I'm sorry? Never. Because I wanted to get even. So you can say the prayer a million times. But if you don't believe it, it ain't going to happen. Truly putting your faith and trust in Christ for the answer for salvation. It's not you. Look, I I may be a preacher, but I ain't getting you there. If you're if you're hoping that I'm gonna get you there, I won't. Because it had not been for this, me believing in him, I wouldn't go. And Jesus said, Look, there may there's gonna be many. The Bible does say that. There will be many who will say, Lord, Lord, have I not prophesied in your name? Have we not cast out demons? Have we not done this? Have we not done this? Have we not done this? And Jesus said, depart from me, you worker of iniquity. I don't even know you. So you can pretend and you can go to church and you can, you can never miss a service. You can be all involved as you want. But if you have never put your faith in Christ for salvation, then you will not go to heaven. Bottom line. Well, I've been in church for so such and such a long time. I don't care. It's not based on church attendance. It's not based on, uh, on being a good member. It's not based on, it's not based on your uh, baptism. It's not, based on, it's not based on your good works. Jesus said, hey, uh, you, there's been many people believe, but they won't get in because they never put their faith and trust in Christ. I hope I've made it as clear as possible. They believed, but they didn't really. As I said, as we started, or we read that text, it's scary that God knows the intents of our heart. Because as we look around this room, there's not anybody in here that really knows the intents of your heart. Why you're even here this morning. Why did you get up? Why'd you, why'd you come? Only God truly knows the intents of your heart. You can say all day long you believe, but if you are deep down inside, you don't believe? It's, what does the Bible say? Man looks on the outward appearance, but God looks on the what? The heart. He looks on the heart. God looks on the heart. Because when you get to heaven, he's not going to stand there and say, well, you don't look like you're saved. Get out of here. All right, next. He's going to say, let, let, get out that book. Let's look at that book. Who, who's found in that book? You know who's found in that book? Any person who has ever asked Christ 
be their Savior, that person is in that book. If you've never done that, guess what? Your name was not written in the Lamb's Book of Life. It would be the most sad day in the history of mankind, the day when we stand before God. And there's somebody that I know, there's family that I know, that when God looks at them, What's your name? It's not there. Go. The saddest day. Please. Don't leave here today without making sure that your name is in that book. There'll be many who would believe. I ask the Holy Spirit please work 